Shotgun, Dalvin Cook to his left. Third and goal from the four. Kirk takes the snap. Looks right. Fade left. End zone. And it is caught. Touchdown! It was a touchdown. Amazing decision by Kirk Cousins. He saw the all-out blitz. He knew he had Rudolph one-on-one with the corner. Rudy! And just threw the jump ball. Oh, what a beautiful throw. Bonjour, San Francisco, and au revoir, New Orleans Saints. Brett Favre goes back to pass. He pumps. Now he fires over the middle. Intercepted. I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. It was intercepted by Tracy Porter. Near side to the 40. And John Sullivan runs him down at the 47-yard line. You've got to be kidding me. I can't believe what I just saw. Looking at that play, he should have just held on to it, Paul. He should have. He could have easily gotten five or six yards if he would have just pulled that thing down and dove forward. But why do you even ponder passing? I mean, you can take a knee and try a 56-yard field goal. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Some good times, some bad times in the Big Easy. And the Vikings will be going there over Christmas time. Really, today feels like Christmas for NFL fans. Yeah, I mean, the draft, we wait months and months, and it was unique this year. But this is my Christmas schedule night for all the teams, three hours of it. Uh, I actually have never watched this show. I've never done it. But the concept, like, for my show the next day to do this, to me, I, I get most people just want to dive right into the draft and pick apart the top picks and laugh at the teams that make the dumb picks like the Packers this year. But to me, the schedule is like, all right, that's just that's just a big shiny present to unwrap and unfold and unfurl because then you can really, okay, oh, they have to go, like two years ago, they have to go to New England and then out to Seattle. Oh, that's going to make or break the season. And it did. So I'm, I'm fascinated, and I got nothing better to watch tonight, so I'll probably watch it. What about you, Chris? I, I probably won't turn it on, to be honest. I'm okay. the exact opposite. I'd much rather watch the draft because I know who the players, some of the players are. But I like drafts in every sport. I just, it's fascinating. Wow. But the I get schedule? It. You're like, dealing with human beings in the draft. I get yeah, it. Yeah, like the schedule? Like, I can tell you who they're going to play <laughs> and where. I just don't know what week. Like, who? Like, I don't get it. Um, <laughs> okay. But I, I certainly don't judge because. I sit and watch the draft, and my wife looks at me, and my kids look at me like, what are you doing? They're on pick 205 in the yeah. NFL draft, That's what and I you're still telling. paying attention. Yeah. And I'm like, well... That's because the Twins aren't on right now. Otherwise, I'd be watching them. One night of it is, was enough for me. I usually don't go the whole night on the draft. Uh, you know, you, I, Obviously, we have to know here on your home of the Vikings where the Vikings are, are, are picking. But this year, it, it was a unique TV experience, and we were so... We were so thirsty for anything quasi-new sports to go off of. Uh, so I did, and it was fun, but I couldn't, you know. I mean, it was, it was, I think it was nice that weekend. you got to get outside. Yeah, I'm curious, I, and I wish I would have asked Matthew Collar. Like, it, it was received so well, the way they did it online. Yeah. Well, they, I think they might keep doing it that way. There was some talk of that. Like, is that real, or is that just a bunch of people trying to keep they're scheduled the draft to go, the yeah, They're scheduled to go to uh, Cleveland next year and Vegas the next year, so I guess that answers it. Yeah. 
I, I, yeah. It was interesting as a coach to hear all these GMs say, hey, you know, yeah. maybe we're doing too much. Maybe we're spending too much time digging up their fifth grade math grade and maybe being you know doing it online and spending more times with our family is better i heard rick spielman say that i heard oh, yeah. multiple other gms and i thought you know sometimes not always but sometimes smarter not yeah. harder you know when it comes to working that might not be that bad of an idea well as you know in the coaching profession chris johnson is with us the head coach of the <laughs> university of sioux falls men's basketball team if you're wondering five minutes in who is that guy <laughs> he doesn't sound like craig uh He's the 12-year men's basketball coach right here at the University of Sioux Falls, a frequent guest during the season, and uh, I've always said, we got to do a show together. Well, one of these days when Craig isn't here, come on in, and here you are. I'm so glad you're here. Yeah. This has been fun. Absolutely. And uh, Craig's back tomorrow. Uh, he had a dental surgery today, had a tooth removed, so Craig Maddock has never sounded better than however. That's right. He has sounded today. Uh, he would say the same thing if that was me, so I had to get that in. But uh, So it's been a lot of fun with Chris, Tom Frederick, voice of the Cougars, an interesting man. You know, I hate to do the most interesting man in the world yep. thing. But, uh, boy, beyond that, beyond that sterling play-by-play voice and proficiency throughout a ball game, uh, he has had an interesting life. He just retired three years ago. Uh, he reads more books than anybody I know. And probably watches more TV and movies than anybody I know. So we, uh, I've always wanted to do it. Let's talk TV and books. I've done two things, and they happen to be with two USF folks that I know and like that they've always wanted to do. And it's kind of been fun today here on Craig and John. But so you're talking about these coaches and in your line of work, and we were talking about these GMs spending mm-hmm. more time. they got to do this at home. They couldn't go to the war room. I mean, what a term. The war room. As if they're fighting a war. It's not a war, but, you know, okay. And that's where they usually do these things. That's probably where they spend a lot of their time throughout the year anyway. And, look, in your line of work, there's a giant wide spectrum. You, you, you have, I'm sure, some very nice down-to-earth, salt-of-the-earth people like you. Probably more than we would think there are. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's also some people who probably would rather be at working away from their wife and kids all the time. <laughs> but I believe Rick Spielman. Rick seems like a, a solid just decent human that's just how i how i read it and reading about his family his son adopted son went to nebraska played for the huskers um but anyway it's an interesting point because for you've said for i mean for you how has it going to change this pandemic being at home all the time working from recruiting from home how is it going to change things for you did we ask you this yesterday Uh, kind of yes how it was going and i I said for the first month it was phenomenal i've never had a week just with my family because my family is young enough still we don't do the we're not getting on an airplane we're not hopping in the family truckster and and going cross you know country uh, i still have a three-year-old i was not say, doing that how yet. many kids what age four uh three five seven and mm-hmm. eleven yeah. so yes i'm tired and i'm busy but it was awesome to spend all that time um but now, admittedly over the last couple of weeks i'm dying to get back to some normalcy with the work-based deal and all of that. But, you know, probably maybe the most frustrating thing as a coach is sometimes people don't understand what we do. And, you know, so many people will come to your games, and that's awesome that they come, but they think, well, you have games on Friday and Saturday. They don't know all the other stuff that goes into it. So you get the same question now. How often do you work the rest of the week? Yeah, well, and then I get the (laughs) same question now from people, and it's not, it's naive, naivete. It's not 
ill-mannered, but like, well, what are you doing now? And it's, it's like, like the- I'm busier now than I've ever been in some ways. Hmm. Like, it might not be all work-related, but between family and work, it is busier, you know, in some in some ways. And it's not in others, you know. Uh, if I want to take a 20-minute break and sit on my couch and, you know, do, it, do nothing, no one's there to tell me I can't, obviously. Yeah. But it, it's been... It's been busier. I think the recruiting aspect of, you know, communicating through other means has opened up some doors that we'll use. My guess is, is that we'll use those on top of what we used to do rather than instead of, if I'm being honest. Gotcha. Um, and that's, the, you know, sometimes in coaching, you're always afraid if you're not doing something, somebody else is, <laughs> yes. you know. And so you're kind of always trying to find that upper hand and whatever that upper hand might be. Uh, you're always finding new ways. I mean, I told our staff the first day we got sent home, like, can't come to campus, things are shut down. Well, someone's going to figure out the best way to do this. And if it's us, we can create a huge advantage. But if somebody else figures out how to do this way better than we do, we're going to be behind the eight ball. And, and then I followed that up because I'm always honest with you. With I have no idea what the best route is. Like, I have none. You guys are younger, more in tune with the technology, all of this stuff. Like, help me help you kind of thing, you know, Uh, but I certainly didn't have any of the answers, but I knew there was a question that we needed to answer. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, as you've articulated on and off the air, uh, obviously it's a new way of recruiting, but it still comes down to you got the, if you get the dudes, you'll be fine. You know, no matter how hard you're working, if you, if you get the dudes and the right dudes, I mean, even last year, of course, you had two of the best players in your program's history and two of the top five scores in the league the year before, and you won what twenty games that yep. year, but I mean you, you know, you're the. I should have mentioned this a lot earlier. Uh, NSIC South Division Championship Coach and NSIC Coach of the Year, Chris Johnson, and uh, and and th- and that was without those two guys, and you had to do it a completely different way this year. So um, you've had to adapt and, and learn how to do things every year. Yeah, I mean that's part of coach. Adapt or die. Of right? course, you know. It's, yeah, it's no different in your line of work. I'm sure. No, uh, we don't. And yeah, and you wonder what other people are doing and how they're doing it. But I do uh, to to finish to, up this topic. <laughs> I remember there was a golf outing, uh, you know, one of the last two or three summers since I moved back to Sioux Falls, and uh, it was one is it was a local school. And uh, and I sat down to, next to an assistant coach of one of the sports as we uh, after the round of golf having our our uh, burgers, and uh, I asked him if he's been at, uh, out playing golf much and uh, loves to golf. He said, oh no, 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 no. We're in the we're in the uh, we're in the office hundred hours a week. I mean, he didn't say hundred, but that's what he right. made, gave me the impression. I'm, and I'm kind of like, and I'm not going to say the sport; it's not your sport. But I'm just kind of yeah. like, come on, so this is. We're not. Uh, is it, we're not curing cancer here. Right. No, I not. mean you know we're not fight. We're not in the lab trying to find the uh, vaccine for the coronavirus. Give me a break. You, you like this should be some. But and I, he might have not been lying because right. there are some people who are just workaholics and they live there even if they have kids and they feel like they and again they have to. You're competitive people, right? And you feel like that's that's how you do it. Just spend more time because you'll figure it out. But I, I also, you know, I 
I did kind of say, because I'm a smartass. I was just kind of like, really? That's what all of you guys tell me. <laughs> yep. Because even we're not even your competitors. We're the media. Right. But you, you feel like you have to tell us. You guys yeah. have to give the impression that you're always at the office. My first In interview the war room. I ever had, I uh, had a coach ask me if I was uh, a, gol- a golfer. And at the time, I didn't really golf. And so I answered honestly. No. Yeah. And he said, good, because if you were, I wouldn't hire you. And I was like, oh, now I know how this works. And... Oh. Quite honestly, I had zero life balance in my life yeah. when I was single and when it was just me and my wife. And when I had kids, that changed everything for the better. Same here. Um, I don't linger in the office for three hours after practice now. I want to get home and see my kids before they go to bed. Yeah. Like, I need to be a dad. That's my number one job. And I'm not saying that because I'm on the radio. Like, that is my <laughs> number one, yeah. you know, being a good family guy. Like, anyone who knows me knows that's important to me. But... You know, I look back at what I used to do 20 years ago, yeah. and it would be come home at midnight, leave the leave the house at 6.30. And, I mean, the first year I was married, I was my first year head coach in Missouri, and I was home never. And I'm thinking back, like, oh, that must have been real fun for my wife. Like, I'll oh, see you on the weekends out of season. You know, and I don't know that I was any better at what I did back then. Yeah. And I just wasn't very smart about how I used my time, and I thought that you, you just had to do that. Now, you... You have to put hours in to be a coach. Yeah. But you can you can do it in a way that's healthy. Yes. I believe that. Yeah. Uh, amen. And, yeah, I, I hear about it, too, when I get home a little too late. Gilbert <laughs> and the kids, especially when the kids are over and dinner's at a certain time. And, no, we're not waiting. We're not waiting for you. Um, and since you – okay, since you – so you have a story about Prince today. I'm not going to make people wait an hour because it was about 20 minutes ago. Chris Johnson, who grew up in the Twin Cities, got to sit half court at the Final Four when it came to Minneapolis and – Got to do a lot of really cool stuff because you had a buddy who... His dad was a sports writer for the Star Trip. There you go. Yep. And um, and what was his name again? Because it was... John Rowe. John Rowe. And, uh, and you've mentioned golfing with Patrick Gracie and Sid Hartman, which are big names in my field. Yep. Um, that I think would that be crazy. Uh, you have a Prince story. Uh, yeah, Hold I feel that, like no. this is going to be a massive letdown. That's okay. That, don't, don't say... Don't, just tease. Just make I, it, <laughs> no, I, I, you'll tell it in, in just a second. I want to, I want to follow up because I've got... I, I want you to go. I, I want to build the suspense for Prince here. But you mentioned the golf, get, uh, applying for the job. Yep. And if you were if you liked the golf, you wouldn't have gotten the job. So I'll name drop. Colin Cowherd came to Sioux Falls about 12 years ago. And I had just gotten the job here at KWSN my first time around. And to me at the time, and I still largely think similarly, He's, if not the gold standard, like, this is how I would like to do a sports talk show. And, you know, I was just getting kind of started. So he's, you know, he's Michael Jordan to me in the industry. And uh, and so I was like, wow, second week on the job. He's here. He's here to do some banquet speech. And we got to do a show with him at, at Champ Sports Bar. We got to do a show with Coward here during his time slot where somebody was filling in for him for the rest of the nation. It was really cool. But I got to golf with him as well. And um, I'm, a, I'm a decent golfer because uh, I, I played in high school. I mean, I wasn't great competitively, but, you know, I can play. And, uh, but the, and, I got, and I rode in the car with him. But, so we had to get out at 6.30 in the morning to play golf. Well, he had the banquet the night before. We had dinner. And then I told a couple of buddies who, from college who lived in Sioux Falls. Who had, I, and I had just moved back. I hadn't seen them here and hadn't hung them out. I'm like, uh, <clears throat> uh, Coward's going to be over at this place. Uh, we're having drinks and um, if you want to meet him, yeah. you know, you didn't hear from me, but so he did. And Coward was gracious, had a couple of drinks. He left, he left, the, you know, 
he left at a good hour to play golf the next morning and, uh, you know, on his best behavior while being very cool. But uh, me and the buddies, 28 years old, not married yet. <laughs> a little different story. Yeah, and I hadn't seen them in a while. So, yes, we closed down the bars, and then I had to wake up a little ragged and late to play golf on Cowherd <laughs> and four heavy hitters in this town who paid to play golf with him. And uh, so I wasn't in very good shape. And so I, play, I, I played terrible. I was awful. I mean, I could, you know, I was not in good shape. So I just happened to play. And I think I'm embarrassing myself because, A, I'm hungover. B, I'm late. C, I'm, I, you know, I'm playing like a hack. Like I never, like, you know, the worst I'd played since I was 10 years old. And I'm really nervous. And at some point, he, and he was really nice. And he just, you know, was asking, he said, so he thinks I'm a terrible golfer. <laughs> he said, do you play much? And I was like, no, nah, not anymore. And I really hadn't. And uh, he's like, yeah. And uh, he, he, he said, I, I wouldn't hire anybody who, he said, I wouldn't hire anybody who did. Right. No, I don't hire anybody. That's I don't hire any good golfers. That was a long-winded story. That was basically exactly like yours. It just involved Colin Coward. Well, uh, yeah, but I mean, you're meant. You know, I mean, I can't imagine being able to. Yeah. You know, growing up, I like, like, oh, I hey, sh- Tom Izzo wants to have dinner with you. Like, <laughs> hey, so, you know, it sounds good. Yeah, I mean, and, and then but forgetting felt, everything that I know about basketball, why I'm trying to have a conversation with him would be about the same. It actually, it actually, he had some theories about Husker football's downfall. It was great, but. Uh, it actually helped me out that I stayed out too late the night before and played crappy golf because he was actually impressed. I sucked. Uh, so what's your Prince story? So I have a, a great uncle in, in Minneapolis who lives in a different tax bracket than I do, yeah. let's put it that way. And he owned a, uh, a studio, music yeah. studio, and his sons were artists. And it was right next to Paisley Park, like parking lots, you know. And I went in there one time with my dad, younger guy. I don't know that I really knew who Prince was even then. Like, it wasn't my cup of tea back then. Um, Which, when he passed away, I made our team. It was during the season. We listened to Prince the entire two-hour practice. I still get a hard time about that. Best decision I ever made. (laughs) But um, I walked in, and one, like... I'm a young kid, and he's, like, four foot tall. Like, he's just yeah. this little guy. Chuck Foreman said when he met him, he was wearing high heels. Yeah, yep. Platform him. boots, there I remember. Um, and all he said was hi to me, and that was it. And we walked because he was doing his own thing, and it was kind of like I got whisked away, like, don't bother the man. Yes. Um, and he said hi to me, and that was about it. And uh, But I just, that's the one thing I'll never forget is, like, he would, was the size of like a 12 year old but he's just not a big guy at all and actually back then he was he had done some pretty controversial things at some concerts and wasn't like he's viewed now you know he had his little rough patch like a lot of artists do and um but now i now it's a cool story to tell until you make me tell it on the radio and i'm gonna catch a hard time about it but why but oh because it'll be the ultimate name drop right prince i'm from minnesota i dropped prince's name that's what Uh, we do here can't go wrong there (laughs) Uh, it's also why the timberwolves purple jerseys will always be my all-time favorite absolutely i don't i that they i mean i nailed it i would say they should wear those permanently but nah make it Make it special occasion sort of thing. Yeah, it's like so. the Wild went to the goal sign song being Let's Go Crazy for one year, and then they got rid of it the year yeah. that he passed. And that was the right decision. Yeah. You know? Uh, by the way, I was going to ask you this. This was going to be our sports topic before we went astray, which was fine. Um, uh, the uh, Put this poll up at KWSN Sports on Twitter. It's schedule rollout night. Chris Johnson, USF men's basketball coach, joining us. Uh, our Hawkeye and Husker guy, Travis Justice, I think is going to be, uh, well, it's, it's going to hurt as a Husker fan <laughs> to talk about why a kid who's the son of a Husker who was on a national title team 
uh, picked Iowa over Nebraska because they win. Um, but um, that's why we have Travis on for those kind of things. He's worked both uh, teams, both markets. But uh, put a poll up at KWSN Sports. You get to watch only one of these options for three hours. Just say it was tonight and baseball was being played. Twins game, Target Field on FS North with Dick and Bert or Justin or whoever. NFL schedule rollout or a baseball game. Three hours, you know, watch that NFL show or watch baseball. And 75 to 25 did vote baseball. Not surprised. It's a real game. I love baseball. And maybe that's a little slanted this year because we have not been able to have it. We miss it. But what about you? Oh, it's baseball all day. I love baseball. It's one of my favorite sports. I, yeah. I'm a huge Twins fan. So if you say it's a Twins, it's a slam dunk. And, but I also admitted to you earlier today, we were talking on the phone, that I the, the ESPN had the Korean baseball game on the other day, yeah. and I watched a couple innings of it. Because it was like, it's live sports. At least I don't know the outcome. Yeah. Like, I've watched FS, FSN has had just replays of Twins winning World Series, the Wild yeah. winning playoff. Like, it's all cool, but I know how it's going to end. Right. And so I struggle to watch that stuff. Uh-huh. But it was live, so it was cool. Now, uh, how I didn't long know. did you last? Two innings. I didn't know who any of the guys were. Yeah. Uh, I didn't care who and won. There was nobody there, right? No. Yeah. No, nobody in the stands. So it was a weird watch. Um, but, I mean, it was live sports. I mean, yeah. people are going to be NASCAR fans over the next couple <laughs> yeah. weeks because there's seven races in 11 days. Yeah. And if you got nothing else to do, I know yep. my assistant, Jack Nelson, the other day, who's not, and I watch NASCAR. I'm a, I, I've got a little bit of that in me from my dad. I, I love cars. He almost that. kept that away from me for three hours. Yeah. And I never knew that about you. Nobody else I know likes watching it, but I'll watch it. My, okay. you know, my son loves to watch it probably because dad does, but sure. I'll watch him. And he was like, well, I guess I'm going to watch some NASCAR races. And Jack just kind of looked at me like, the saddest thing he had ever said in his life, sports-wise, <laughs> was he was going to watch NASCAR and be excited about it. But um, yeah, I mean, they'll they'll have a that viewership will be huge. Yeah, I would think. Uh, I don't doubt it. And by the way, uh, like like the NFL schedule rollout tonight, I can't wait to see the numbers how they compare to the draft. It won't be as high, but how close will it be? Um, but I did have a buddy. I, I would go baseball, but I again, yeah. I, I'll, I enjoy the NFL schedule rollout, and I'll probably watch it tonight. I think it's, to me, it's more fun to talk about because it's immediately tangible compared to the draft. Yeah, first right. round, some of those guys will play and make a difference, but schedule's like, you know, we got much, you get a slightly clearer picture of what to expect now. Um, but I did have a friend, and he's a millennial, about 32, 33, uh, mostly a basketball guy, big NBA guy, and, and he said, I would rather watch a, um, uh, he said, I'd rather listen to three hours of NFL chatter than watch an inning of guys scratching their junk. <laughs> That's just me. So I, there'd be some years, some occasions where I would agree, but because we've been deprived of just the nightly kind of rhythm of life, not so much, you know, I mean, I, I have to keep up track with the Twins and figure right. out what they're doing for a living, but I don't watch every pitch of every game. Confession. But it's still just nice to have. It's just nice to have every night. And, and I found, as, as I've gotten older, yeah. I need a rooting interest. Like, mm. I'll watch every pitch of the Twins every night if they're mm. on. Or I'll watch the Wild or I'll watch the Vikings. Growing up, like in college, you know, Big Monday, they'd have a West Coast basketball game on that started at midnight. I watched it every Monday. Like that, I just, Long Beach State and Cal Poly, let's go. Yeah. And now you couldn't pay me to stay up <laughs> to watch that game. Yeah. Mainly, I think, because I do it for a living, and as I've gotten older, I have other things that are more important to me, so I need a game that matters to me to watch. There you go.
Quality well, over quantity. Yeah, up until the pandemic. Now just give me any game, yeah. and I'll, that'll be fine. That's where we're here. Uh, he's Chris Johnson, University of Sioux Falls men's basketball coach, along for the ride until 6 o'clock. Craig is back tomorrow. Um, because I'm a masochist, uh, and I hate myself, we're going to have Travis Justice on to tell us uh, if, if this Keegan Johnson... Cade's brother, the South Dakota statewide receiver, Cluster's son, the former Nebraska receiver, choosing Iowa over Nebraska mainly because of winning. Um, and is that a, is, I mean, obviously it's a sign of the times, but Travis has a unique way to put his own words into this stuff, and he will next. Fox Sports 981, AM 1230, KWSN.com. One of the awesome discussions or compelling interviews, hear them back by going to KWSN.com. Click on podcasts. It's easy and available anytime. KWSN.com. Click on podcast. The Art Lindsay was a guy that wrote uh, Ron Brown's books, and he wrote a couple for Tom Osborne, but he was also a whole life insurance salesman. Oh, and wow. all of a sudden, Cluster calls me up. He's like, hey, brother, can I come over to your house? I said, what for? I just want to tell you about something. I'm like, all right. So Art Lindsay and Cluster show up, and they sit at my kitchen table. How old are you again? To, oh, I would probably have been, boy, probably 26, okay. 27. And they're trying to sell me on a whole life policy, which I wasn't making squat at the time. I'm probably making twenty two, twenty three thousand dollars. My, I, I, I got a kid, so my wife decided she wanted to be a stay at home mom. So I sold all my lively possessions. They're like, "You need a seventy five thousand dollars whole life policy. How much <laughs> that going to cost me a month?" Yeah, that's not going to fly. I don't, you know, that's like half my income right there, guys. <laughs> so, um, Cluster uh, smartly got out of the whole life insurance sales gig, and I don't know what he's doing now, but he's. Uh, uh, he's a good dude, though. He's a good, good dude. He is, and he was he was uh, very colorful. He actually, uh, for a season or two, was like our Monday morning quarterback after Husker football games. Like Monday, we do our our talker for twenty minutes and break, and then it was Cluster was our analyst, and he was uh, he was good. He's honest, and he was honest yesterday with us. I'm sure as he was with you today. I, I'm interested how different a conversation it was when he knew he was on the radio for Iowa fans in Des Moines. Um, I, try, I tried to get him to go go Hawks, and he wouldn't do it. Okay. He, goes, he, he goes, sooner or later, I'll go go Hawks. Yeah. But, you know, the, the truth is this is going to be a tit for tat because the best player in the state of Iowa right now is the son of a former Hawkeye who goes to Clear Creek and Manna, and he's probably going to go to Nebraska, right? Oh. So I, I think I think, and he's a hell of a player, John. I mean, he's really good. Uh, but he just didn't feel comfortable. His dad wanted him to go to Iowa because, you know, I just didn't feel comfortable. There. It, wasn't a, it wasn't a fit. And I, and I like that, that I think kids are smart enough to know when it's a fit and when it isn't a fit. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if the whole Johnson family, I mean, the, the, the one at South Dakota State, is that Caleb? Um, he's Caleb. a hell of a player. Or, and then you had uh, um, CJ who went to Wyoming. I think that one hurt. I think he really wanted him, CJ, to go to Nebraska, but Pliny wanted no part of it. So it was, it, it's just one of the things where it does come down to a fit, and I'm glad kids are able to go, okay, make a pretty good educated decision when it comes to this. Is it? Uh, here's a fun question. Is it unfair for Husker fans to be upset at Scott Frost that he cannot corral a Husker legacy, even after everything you just said? Um, and, of course, Keegan said to the World Herald, and Cluster told us, I'm sure he told you, I mean, I was winning. I mean, they're winning nine games a year. Uh, that's more than the five games a year the last five years the Huskers have had. And Cluster said, kids these days, and my kid wants to win. And also it's stable, you know. And he, the Huskers have had three coaching staffs in the last five years. I think the stability was the big part because if Cluster brought up his kids saying, hey, this is what it was like when I went to school, 
And even though I think Scott Frost can, can accomplish that, but it's going to take a little more time, when you walk into the University of Iowa and you just had the draft that they just had, and they've had the drafts the last couple of years, um, you appreciate that 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 consistency, that family-like atmosphere. I'm sure Cluster went in there, and he talked about it. It's just, oh, my God, this reminded me a lot of my days in Nebraska. And you know when that carries on and carries down. Um, so there's a culture there. And I know – you know, Kirk Ferentz worked for Hayden Pry, but he was gone for a while. But you carried on some of that culture and tradition. Now, when he took it over, it was it was bad, right? I mean, Hayden didn't leave it any better than what he found it. But there was a good, new, a solid foundation of culture there, which I think has been uh, carried on. And I think I think guys know that. And hey, when you have Noah Fant calling you, and did you see uh, George Kittle called him out as soon as he announced? I mean, you got the best tight end in the NFL going. Hey, good call, buddy. That kind of that, that boosts your ego a little bit. Yeah, uh, not that you would know. Travis Justice has no ego. It's, none whatsoever. Uh, none. none. Never has. Uh, it's Craig, nope. it's Craig and John here on Fox Sports ninety eight one AM twelve thirty KWSN in a unique spot in our territory with. Uh, a lot of Husker, Hawkeye, and Gopher fans. And uh, I just want to bring in Chris Johnson. He's the USF men's basketball coach here in town. He grew up in the Twin Cities, big Gopher fan. And all of a sudden, your team, here they are. Iowa, by the way, Iowa's five Gophers are six right now in the 2021 composite team rankings, which is just like those two teams usually live in the 30s and 40s the last forever. Um, what's your impression just looking across both borders and then what P.J. Fleck is doing up there? And then we'll let Travis respond. Well, well I, I, first of all, all my family are all Hawkeye fans. I'm the only Gopher fan in that whole, whole deal. So you're, the, you're the black sheep of the family is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, I mean, the, the smartest <laughs> one, but that, I mean, that's either here nor there. Uh, and, and it's funny because I've, I've seen them, like Kirk Ferentz has done a heck of a job, in my opinion. Uh, they're going to hear this and probably tape it that I said that. But um, but they've kind of gotten bored with the nine wins, I felt like, kind of like Glenn Mason when he was with the Gophers. I, I've, over the last two or three years, now maybe not as much after this last year, I don't know. Um, but I'll, I'm not into flex kind of stuff, but it's working. And it's working at a pretty high level recruiting-wise. They won 10 games with his back. Like, Tanner Morgan had a good year, but he's their backup quarterback. Their starter got hurt. You know, in the, in the first round, I do think they're recruiting very differently. Uh, I would love to hear your opinion, but it, it seems like the Gophers are trying to do this pretty nationally all of a sudden, where Iowa's still kind of doing what they've always done, which has been successful for the last uh, 15 years. To, to butt in, because Travis is going to have a brilliant uh, answer. To, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, it just what you just said, comparing the way Fleck does it versus maybe Ferens and Iowa, or the impression of that, reminds me of a line that I think it was Corey Clement, who's now at the Eagles, when he was with the Badgers, Big Ten Media Day, uh, at, at, at his little table. I just happened to creep right in when he was talking about his recruitment and how Nebraska was on him just as much as Wisconsin was. And he was from New Jersey, and someone asked him why Wisconsin over Nebraska. And this was a couple years after the Huskers were destroyed by Wisconsin, 70-31 to 31 in the Big Ten Championship game. And he said, well... You know, it's like your phone. Uh, Wisconsin is the app. Wisconsin is the iPhone, and Nebraska is the flip phone. Wow. And it, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so that kind of feels like maybe that's how. Is that? Is that go back? Going back to Fleck versus Ferens, the way things are done. Well, but 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 hold on for a second. Is that Minnesota had? I mean, we're not going to compare Glenn Mason, are we? We're not going to. I mean, there was no. 
Iowa had a culture and an infrastructure. Yep. They were down when Hayden Fry left. Minnesota didn't have, has not had a, a consistent infrastructure. And Coach, I think you would appreciate that. Yeah, where Nebraska, sure. where, where, where Nebraska blew up its infrastructure, John, we can talk. This is the, it's, it's a, it's a broken record. <laughs> but when you got rid of Frank Solich, you and, and brought in Bill Callahan, you destroyed the temple. And it was, it, it was, it's been unable to be rebuilt. So you, you can say what you want about Frank, whether he was, he was in a no-win situation, but there was a certain culture there and there was a, a level of expectation. And remember, Bill Byrne and Tom Osborne didn't get along, but Bill Byrne was smart enough because the good leaders do this, go, you know what? I'm not going to mess with it. You know, I'll bring in my marketing ways. I'll put in Husker Vision, but I'm not going to tell Tom Osborne how to run his program. Steve Peterson tried to tell Frank Solich, and I believe he told, tried to tell Bill Callahan how to run his program, and it was downhill from there. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it, there was no rebuilding. I mean, I, and why, why I think PJ Fleck is having such great, great success is that he has a vision. He writes that vision down. He communicates that vision, and it's an easy vision for people that you can communicate easily. It's not complicated. It's row the boat. Here's our, here is our, here is our philosophy. Now we laugh at it a little bit, but he doesn't waver from it. And when you see people not wavering from it, coach, I, I don't know what your, your vision is, but when you go out and recruit, I'm sure you got a consistent vision and say, Hey, this is where we want to be. This is, you know, if we come, if you come here, you're going to help us reach this, this, and this, which is our vision of our program. And I think, I think PJ Fleck does a really good job of that. I think you hit it on the head. I mean, I, uh, I don't, as a person enjoy like the rah-rah and the row the yeah. boat and all that but i love what he's doing because it's building consistency because you, you got to recruit to win games period yep. and he's at least to me on paper showing that he's gaining a foothold in that and i think ference is always my this is just my impression i clearly don't follow them this close but ference has always done it with a certain type of guy, right? The culture that yep. you're talking about. Yep. And he always turns out players that everyone goes, man, I didn't know Tristan Wirfs was going to be that good. I didn't know George yep. Kittle was going to be that good. And all they do is just continue to turn out NFL draft picks, and that's got to matter to recruit. And that's, of course, where I go. Then why, if they got all these NFL players, why aren't they winning even more? Well, but look where your NFL players are. I mean, you, you still... And, John, you know this. I mean, come on, man. It, it, to go undefeated is hard enough, right? Yes. To win 10 games is hard enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the standard for Nebraska used to be nine wins. It wasn't It wasn't 10 wins. It wasn't 11 wins. It was 12. The, the mark when you were growing up was always nine wins. And, and don't get me wrong. I, I picked on I, in hosting a show, and I host the Iowa Hawkeye Collins show, is that I, and I picked on Hawkeye fan, or the Hawkeyes because I, I, I never know if they want to win championships. You know, that's never been – their goals have never been communicated. I do think they want to win a conference championship, but there are some programs who come out and say, damn it, I want to win a national championship. And you know straight up, okay, you're going to put yourself in that in that kind of echelon. Iowa hasn't done that, and I think uh, – but, but let's look at Kirk Ferentz after 2014, which was um, – you know, they, they came out of that and they thought, uh-oh, he's going to get fired. And then Kirk 2.0 came on. You start C.J. Beathard. And look at their recruiting classes since. And right now, look at their recruiting class. I mean, yeah. he's, he, he has raised his game considerably in the recruiting. And I hate recruiting. Recruiting is a joke to me. It's kind of like 
high school recruiting. You don't know. And coach, how many times have you done this? Have you have you brought a player and you think, oh my god, <laughs> this guy's going to be awesome? And he gets here, you're like, well, you're not what I thought you were. And the you exact know? opposite happens all and, the time. And, exactly. And, and so I, that's why I always. I, that's why I make fun of the draft. I make fun of recruiting. Yep. All these recruiting shows because it's a crapshoot, man. You just never know. But the truth is, I was raised its game over the last six years. Uh, Travis Justice mornings at KXNO Sports Radio in Des Moines. I covered the Huskers for over 20 years, TV and radio. It's Craig and John here on Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230 and KWSN.com. We'll probably leave you with this, Travis, with uh, a text I received from a former sportscaster at a top five market who's now a professor at the University of Nebraska, big Husker fan. He said, uh, Nebraska loses Nebraska star high school players to Minnesota, four-star cornerback Avante Dickerson, Michigan State and Iowa, that is not good news for Frost. Looks bad. This is apparently no longer a cool place to be. That should be alarming. You agree with him? Uh, no, I, I mean I just think the, I mean people are thinking for themselves. This isn't the Nebraska. See that person. I don't know who it is. Is is stuck in the past? Now, if if it was Nebraska from ninety four ninety five, and you're having that success, yes, but. You have a generation that hasn't grown up drinking the Kool-Aid. You have a generation yep. to where – and look at all the walk-ons that have left in the last month. Why? Because they want to play. And the truth is walking on anymore isn't cool. Back in the 80s and 90s, it was cool because Division Two, Division Three, and 1AA football sucked. It doesn't suck anymore. You go to South Dakota State, North Dakota State, you, 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 can, you have a chance to play in the pros. Right there's development that takes place there. You have a generation that is unaware of what the history is. You just got to get out there and work it. I think he has the right expectations. It's just going to take. I think people thought, well, Scott Frost, it's going to turn around Im- immediately. That's not the case. It takes work when you have a, a, a state of what 1.8 million people, and you got to go to Lincoln, Nebraska. I mean, Iowa has twice the population, and you know, a school that's been more consistent over the last 15, 20 years that Nebraska has been. Yeah, that's true. Nothing I can argue with there. By the way, uh, Gophers, Hawkeyes, Huskers, most annoying fan base. (laughs) Hey, Coach, uh, we've never met, but uh, tell my good friend Shannon Pivovar, your softball coach, hello for me. I will do that. I will do that for sure. Her dad, God rest his soul, was one of my best friends and travel companions when I was in television. Is that, St- is that Steve, the Omaha World Herald yeah, sports yeah. writer? Oh, yeah, that gosh. was Steve. So. Man, yeah. the, I'm, sure, I'm sure you have some classic Piv stories. Oh, God, I can tell you some unbelievable stories. Right. We traveled together a lot. Okay, uh, I'll, uh, I'll tell one. Um, and it was, we're in the press box. Nebraska versus Northwestern. I'm covering it for the college newspaper. Uh, Nebraska versus Northwestern. Eric Crouch had some, I don't know if you remember this. This was his junior year, the year before he won the Heisman. He had, this is in San Antonio, the Alamo Bowl. He had had some mysterious injury, if not surgery. And this was back kind of pre-social media. But, like, everyone was wondering, what, what was Crouch's injury for this last month between the last game and the bowl game? And uh, what was this mystery surgery he might have had? So we're trying to watch him carefully. What's hurt? 
and then he just he throws an interception right to a purple jersey. And and after it all happened, Pivovar just said loudly for everybody, else, "Must have been LASIK, but probably wasn't LASIK eye surgery." <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good Pivovar impersonation. That's good. Oh, yeah, I like the it. gravelly giant uh, giant Coke bottle glasses. Okay, do you have any you could tell on the air? Uh, not really, because it, let's just put it this way. So he was the Creighton beat writer, and I was doing play by play for Creighton on Channel Three. Yeah. So I, I didn't like to fly that much. So him and I would literally would drive to like Springfield, Illinois, to, to Norm or Springfield, Missouri, Norm. So we were in the car together for hours upon hours. So I mean, we just developed that bond over time. And man, I, I miss that dude something fierce. So if you tell Shannon, if you tell Shannon hi for me, it'd be great. Oh, for sure, Travis. It's always a pleasure. Uh, can't wait to hear some more stories off the air. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks, KXNO man. Radio in Des Moines. Check it out online. Google it. It's a funny show. He doesn't, I mean, more, you've asked me if I've wanted to do morning radio before, and I don't like getting up that early, but it's a different beast, and it's a hard beast to be good at. You have to be, you have to wake people up, <laughs> and they don't talk much sports there, and they're proud of it, and, and you have to be really good at that, and Travis is, as you could probably tell. Sports Talk with Craig and John. Hey, it's the pandemic, and we live in South Dakota, and we run out of things to talk about after two and a half hours. So let's do another Mount Rushmore. Let's do a Mount Rushmore of Pearl Jam songs, because Pearl Jam is USF men's basketball coach Chris Johnson's jam. So uh, we'll uh, critique his Mount Rushmore next on Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, KWSN.com. Hear the show on the radio? No problem. We're always live at kwsn.com and on the free, easy-to-download KWSN mobile app. Sports Talk with Craig and John brought to you by Plastic Surgery Associates. Over 36 years of serving the region. For face, body, and skin, go to PlasticSurgeryAssociatesOfSD.com. simpler time the 1990s this is maybe my favorite pearl jam song i'm a casual pearl jam person i did go and see their show in lincoln i have a story that relates to one of the songs that is on university of sioux falls men's basketball coach chris johnson's pearl jam mount rushmore that's how we're gonna finish our three-hour excursion with chris johnson in for craig maddock today craig is back tomorrow on Craig and John podcasts, it's been a lot of fun today. KWSN.com, Marv's Body Shop podcast page. Even Flo did not make the cut. It's one of their big hits. Why not? Uh, are you one of these? Because because I'm a I'm a deep dive guy. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so you just naturally don't want to. Fl- well, yeah. Well, let's just go through them. Why yeah. not? Why not even Flo? Well, it's good. It's solid. Um, it's, it's, that that record is great. Yes. I mean, their very first one. Ten, um, yes. But and do you know why it's called Ten? Nope. They were okay. They were the Mookie Blaylock band for a long time. And, wow, and that's Mo- awesome. Mookie sued them. And so they changed their first record to, they call it 10, because that's what number <laughs> Mookie Blaylock wore with the Atlanta Hawks. So there, there's oh, your Pearl Jam trivia great. for the how, day. How many shows have you been to? Four. I've seen them twice at Wrigley. Nice. Unreal. Mm-hmm. Uh, saw them in Kansas City at the Sandstone Amphitheater. That was cool. And then I saw them in Missoula. Mm. Which was really cool too, with wow. some friends. But yeah, they're they're by far my favorite band. Uh, and why? You know, it was something different. I was in high school when like the Nirvana, Pearl Jam stuff came out, and yeah. just kind of 
they did it for me, right? And so then I just kept following them, and then I went to college, and all of a sudden, all my basketball teammates were huge Pearl Jam fans, too. Okay. And so... Like we went to con- you know the concert in Kansas City and some of those other ones and it just kind of grew from there. Any of your players gotten into it? Like have you gotten any of them into it? Uh, no, they don't even know. So there's only a couple of Pearl Jam songs that I don't like. Yeah, and one's a remake of an old '50s song. Okay. And of course, like if I bring up Pearl Jam, that's the only song those guys know. And I'm like, oh guys. <laughs> but I mean, they they I mean, I, it's so far. My musical tastes are so far from our guys. Yeah, it, it's. Unreal. So your Mount Rushmore yeah. is called "Of a Girl," which yep. kind of sounds like a trippy psychedelic song. And it's uh, it's it's really good live. Oh, uh, I, I will tell you that. Yes, under the stars, maybe it's sandstone, or yep. red rocks. People are waving their lighters in the air. It, yeah, the, and the and the Wrigley Field shows were great, except for that Eddie Vedder was wearing a Cubs jersey both times, and I'm not a big Cubs guy. Oh, okay. you know, other than that. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Another, this is a good one. Another one is Low Light. Yeah, that's what they opened the last concert I went to. There's another slower one, but really solid. Got to be in the right state well, of mind. You got to think. The concert started about eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night. Wrigley Field, really low light, like just starting to come down. Perfect. Yeah, that, that's a recent addition to the uh, Mount Rushmore. Uh, another one is uh, third leg of the Mount Rushmore for Chris Johnson Pearl yeah. Jam. This is this is my favorite Pearl Jam song of all time called Footsteps. Wow. It's on the B side of another single. Like, it, not an easy one to find. You're not going to find it on a record anywhere. B side. Yeah. You're not a true fan unless you right. have well, a B side on your Mount Rush. So here's how old I am. I used to buy bootlegged nice. CDs and oh. cassettes of Pearl Jam concerts. I'm telling all the Pam Bull. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling Pam. Uh, Pam's probably listening. You just confessed. All right. Yeah. And uh, so the last one, we only have about a minute left. Yeah. My story is from uh, the concert I went to in Lincoln. I'm sure you've had this experience a few times. Um, the one and only Pearl Jam show, and I never looked at the set list or anything. Uh, you know, they play every possible song I've heard of. And then, you know, for like the last five songs, especially after they're done the first time before they come out for the encore, you know, me and a bunch of people around here screaming, Yellow Ledbetter! <laughs> yep. And, like, nope, nope, nope. They're like, that bit. Well, this better be their closing song. Oh, no, they did it. Oh, did they? Oh, and when we heard this, when, oh, there it is. You're just like, oh, we went crazy. Me and all the dudes that I didn't even so, know in my section were like, yeah, we got it! So the last show at Wrigley that I went to, they didn't play it. They're, they had shows oh. on Sunday and Tuesday. I went to the Sunday show, yeah. didn't go to the Tuesday show. All my buddies stayed and went to the oh, Tuesday no. show. Closed it on Tuesday with yeah. this. And, Bastards. You know, yeah, this is Matt Zimmer's favorite. He always just say, we've all heard a blues lick before. Like, yeah. you know, it's just a yeah, bunch no. of guys doing it. Yeah. You know, but this is this is an all-timer, no doubt. Chris, it's been fun. Thank you for the yeah. last three hours. Yeah, it's always been a blast. Thank you. It's uh, more, than, more than you will know how much it means and uh, how fun it's been. Craig and John, we're back from 3 to 6 tomorrow. Podcast at KWSN.com. For Craig and Chris, I'm John. Good night, Craig. Oh, no.